Content warning, this podcast contains mentions of abuse, harassment, and misogyny. Hi there. And welcome back to another Queer Sounds. If you're listening to this on uh, February 24th, when, 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 this, when this comes out, it's actually a day before Queer Sounds actually turns one year old. On February 25th, uh, 2019, this project launched and since then found its way into the ears of people all over the world from Canada to Chile, from Rwanda to Korea. And to be honest, I'm quite overwhelmed by all of the countries that um, has people listening. Uh, yeah, well, thank you all for doing so from the bottom of my heart. And also, like, thank you to Ahmed, to Lou, to Nina, and any other previous guests uh, willing to come on, share their stories, share their music, tastes, and, and brought great tracks to the table. Um, as well as a big old thank you to uh, Podcast Network NL. Um, uh, you know, check them out. Got some great content on there. Um, if you want to support this podcast in particular, if you want to support Queer Sounds, go to buymeacoffee.com slash queersounds. And, you know, keep me caffeinated. Keep the show going. Um, but for now, on to our regularly scheduled programming. Um, as always, my name is Hannah, pronouns they them. And with me in the studio today is Brenda. Welcome all the way from Tampere, Finland, back 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 in the old neighborhood. Mm, sort of. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? Um, name, pronouns, what you do in daily life. Okay, I'm Brenda. Brenda. Um, I live in Finland nowadays, but I'm a Dutch person who's also lived in Belgium for 12 years. So culturally... I'm kind of Belgian, but you can't really tell anymore. Um, I've lived in Finland now for half a year. I study gender studies there. Um, I try to be involved in activism, but lately I've been mostly focused on my studies and learning Finnish, which is quite the endeavor. Um, my pronouns are she, her. Um, I'm a cis woman. Yeah, thought about it, but... I think that's the label that we're sticking with for now. Um, I'm queer, pansexual, bisexual. It, yeah, for me, they all apply. So, Right on. Um, the move to Finland was primarily because Western European neoliberalism is just one hell of a thing to deal with, is what, mm. from, from what I've gathered in like one brief um, summary. And let's just yeah. stick to that. There's many because, reasons. <laughs> yeah, can't disagree. Uh, so yeah, you would do gender studies there. I bet it's a whole different issue than if you would study gender studies in the Netherlands. Well, I've studied gender studies in Belgium before, which was a very different program. Um, I stopped because my PTSD was getting too much. And after I got some good treatment for that, I decided to try again. I, I've thought about studying it here, but it, it seemed a lot nicer to just make the big step and move to Finland and... One of my partners lives there, so, yeah. It just felt like a decision that makes sense. Yeah. All right, that's fair. And apart from that, I bet that if you would pick a country right now that you would mostly feel connected to, it's probably Finland rather than Belgium or the Netherlands, right? Hard to say. Hard to say. <laughs> I, I've always feel like felt like kind of an outcast because when I lived in Belgium, like, I was always the Dutch person, even though... 
at some point I'd lived there for so long. I went to high school there and people never considered me to be one of their own. And then when I moved to the Netherlands as an adult, it felt really weird because everyone thought I was one of them. And I'm not. It, right. it, it's really weird. <laughs> it is actually pretty interesting because I always felt like, you know, those those borders that humans created are pretty arbitrary. But culturally, it does make an impact on people. Mm. Before we get dragged on by this subject for too much, let's just dive right into the music first track of the day. seems to get better the louder you play it it's metallic and the sandman one of the most iconic intros of the 90s famous black album uh, released in 1991 great year for music that was uh, you know it's on all the great releases um, I think there's like an offspring album there obviously Nirvana never mind but we're talking about Metallica right now so why is this track you said it was particularly difficult to pick one in the category a flashback track a childhood memory how yeah. did you settle on this one yeah the other ones were a lot easier to to choose because I wanted to talk about metal today, and um, most of my childhood was filled with country and rock and roll. <laughs> and, and I didn't want to talk about that today, I wanted to talk about metal. And um, when I got, first got into hard music as a teenager, um, it was really, it, it was such a good way to, to just get rid of those angsty feelings, to just lose myself in in this this loud angry music and to feel so this catharsis <laughs> and but most at first i was mostly into hardcore punk metalcore and then when i was around 14 15 i started to try to teach myself to play drums as you do and yeah and uh, i was part of a band for like a couple weeks and this was no, the song that we practiced when I was on drums, but it was so hard to deal with those other guys. Like, I've talked about this before because I've I've taken singing lessons last year, and I would really like to join a band, but men. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's like the the main issue for me with being in the metal scene as a woman and as a queer woman to deal with that masculinity all the time, and it's such a it's hard. Yeah, I bet it is. Um, 
I actually came across this this article that um, called a very specific type of metal that adheres to toxic masculinity. It's mm. labeled bro metal, and I just thought that was hilarious. <laughs> Do they mean like Five Finger Death Punch? Exactly. And bands? Yeah. Like, yes, they are the prime <laughs> example, and I hate them. I hate them so much. I've blocked them from my Spotify. Spotify kept like pushing me to listen to them, and I was like, no. Wow. <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, no, that's so particular that we come up with the, with the exact same examples here. Mm-hmm. But um, it's also very funny that you'd mentioned this because I also actually have some band experience where, um, you know, growing up in a pretty Christian village and you've got this little band going on and this is just one gig filled with like parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and then you play a Metallica cover and you just could see the horror in their eyes. <laughs> and then there is this one, this one wacky uncle type of d- person that that's just creates a single person mosh bit to it it's oh yeah uh music's fantastic yeah um, mosh bits were were so great for me as a teenager because i had so much aggression and growing up in an abusive household dealing with like being angry and aggressive and being a woman being a girl like no one no one accepts that no one no one looks at the underlying issues, why you're so angry and aggressive. So like mosh pits were my way to just, yeah, to just get rid of that for a bit. So talk me through this here. You were developing your own music taste and you ended up listening to Metallica and probably a bunch of other artists we're going to play later today. Mm-hmm. How did that, how did that came to be? Like talk me through your process. I know, I think I'm just angry and all. <laughs> but it's also I think I just like the the music that's kind of philosophical that talks about the hum- human experiences and that's that's the main attraction I think but also the main issue that I I don't like the kind of bro metal where there's so much like overt toxic masculinity but um the bands that talk about angry feelings to talk about existential crises i i can relate to that i i studied philosophy as well because i'm interested in in these topics but the problem is that it's always men and usually white cis had men who who write these lyrics right. and talk about it and they talk about it as if it's a universal human experience and to a certain extent it is but it also erases their own identity and other people's and with that also comes the assumption that the the universal experience needs to come from like a cis hat white guy as like a standard mold for a human person mm-hmm. which is a problematic point of view in the first place but i feel like we're still skipping a step like how did you mm. find out about metallica i don't know i don't remember <laughs> It's so ingrained I, in your in your routine. Yeah, wow. It's, it's, I think I don't know. I think I was just on the internet trying to find things and I, I really don't remember how I got to all of these bands. Alright, but that's an interesting thing though, because yeah. if you grew up in like a household listening to country and folk and you know, having having Garth Brooks pushed down your ears, which mm, Hank mm, Williams. Alright, all right, fair. <laughs> tomato tomato. Um so you wanted to break free from that so badly that you actually went out and looked for different music. 
Yeah, I remember listening to one of the first like emo core, hardcore, one of the first bands I listened to was just screaming and just so much anger. And I loved like I could finally find something that I could provoke my parents with. Yeah, it was nice. Ooh, yeah, that's the tip. That's the typical <laughs> t- puberty thing to do. Like yeah. something just kicking it. Um, and how did you go from there? Because I figured you're not just going to listen to Metallica all day, every day. Mm hmm. So did it just kind of snowball from there into other artists? Yeah, that's how it always went in a kind of... I've always had one artist that I liked a lot for a long time and listened to other bands that are kind of like that, but also not necessarily... Yeah. All right. It's hard to say. Yeah, because I'm just trying to, to get an idea. Of, I've been trying to rethink the entire concept, kind of getting meta here. Because I feel like we've always talked about artists, people love like talk about uh, the artist my guests love that they bring to the table but never really how they get to know them and how their actual music tastes have developed over the years and that's what i'm trying to that's that's what i'm trying to get to here it's like um and and that makes it even more fun to hear that your music taste is so inherent to your identity or something that or like something that's so ingrained and maybe taken for granted is that a way to put it Yeah, because you need some things that you can rely on in life, right? I mean, if if you're overwhelmed in public and you can just put on some really loud metal and feel better and just having it calm you down, that's the thing that gets you through the day. That's a funny thing, though, because if you listen to this, I don't really get calmed down. If anything, when I'm listening, listening to a track like this one, I get riled up. Like it's 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 energizing. It is, but I'm I'm always like I think my because I have PTSD. I think my my cortisol, my adrenaline levels are just always high. And if they're high because of something nice, then that's better than they're high because of something bad. Okay, that's I fair. I mean, I don't I don't know. I haven't that's, looked into this properly. I'm not I'm not a scientist. That's but. a very nuanced way to put it. I like that. <laughs> Talking about. Uh, a little thing that we mentioned before before we started recording, actually. It's like you mentioned that all of the signs, all of the people just kind of gets overwhelming. Is that something you listen to on the train here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, other music, if I listen to it on the train, it doesn't... I don't, I don't have noise-canceling headphones, so... Yeah, it's hard to to get over all the murmur of people talking and all these people around me. And I think metal is a, a good way to, to block out the outside world. Um, you also mentioned that it was very difficult to, to pick an artist for this track. What were the other contenders? Oh, I was thinking of, of Hatebreed, one of their songs, because, yeah, when I was a teenager, I was more into hardcore music than the other types of hard music I'm into that are more death metal folk metal that i'm into now and they were also very loud and and good and why did you end up uh to go with this one in the first place because of that band experience or yeah and because i wanted to talk about gender and masculinity and how it relates to being a queer person we'll definitely get to that we'll definitely get to that um yeah well i think with that um let's keep this trainer rolling then um it's gonna skip right, right along to track number two.
Breaking the Law, Judas Priest off the album British Steel 1980. Um, so yeah, that's our queer artist spotlight. Um, Rob Hatford famously came out as gay in 1988. Uh, 98? Yeah, 98. Um, something about an MTV interview, whole thing around it. And yeah, that perfectly ties in that with with the subject you desperately want to talk about. You yeah. well, not desperately. That sounds that sounds too negative. Passionately want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, because that's the thing that fascinates me. We've talked about it in a previous episode, briefly um, about how Iron Maiden uh, long hair, um, leather trousers apparently all comes from. Um, just Paul Diano being obsessed with King Gear want to wear it on stage. But I just find it super fascinating because, um, you know, the leather trousers, the long hair, the, the, the studs, the jewelry, it's pretty feminine, but perceived as very masculine. I don't know. Yeah, I, You just go ahead. And what, what did you want to, what did you want to say about this topic in particular? So much. <laughs> I was looking at um, a Judas Priest concert last week because I was with a friend and they had it on the TV and I was just looking at it and I was talking to a friend about it as well. Like Some of these elements that were so typical for early metal have stayed. like Such as? Like leather, like the studs. They're not considered to be feminine anymore or maybe they never were i don't know i wasn't alive mm. then but certain things like tight pants uh glitter uh having your shirt open or not wearing yeah. a shirt at all in a, in a specific way these cowboy boots like we look at it now we think whoa that's that's pretty gay and or it it looks queer from from nowadays perspective but then yeah. it, it wasn't and even though like i don't know because I, I don't think today's metalheads even realize that all of this leather came from leather culture. It came from 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 gay people, from queer people who are kinky, who are not in the norm, who are not these yeah. typical cishead white dudes who are so overpresent at every concert. Bands like the New York Dolls who are up in drag, and then bands like Motley Crue thinking, you know what, that actually looks pretty dope. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I feel so conflicted when when I when I listen to Modley Crew. It's 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 awful to see the video of girls, oh, girls, yeah. girls. Like they're they're so sexist and they're so misogynist, but they're also like their style. It's so cool. It's so. <laughs> <laughs> this is like they've got a great aesthetic. Too bad they're shitty people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've never watched a Motley Crew video in my life. Um, I don't really feel like I should and no. I've never cared enough about them to do so but I I, I can get like those pictures is pretty homoerotic yeah yeah <laughs> um but from there when I look back at it it's just you know it's it's perceived as something like overtly masculine and with the studs and with the leather it sort of feels like threatening somehow maybe that's the message they were trying to trying to push I'm not entirely sure how to interpret it anymore it's hard, isn't it? It is. Um, and especially when we talked about Five Finger Death Punch briefly, mm-hmm. they've actually got a, uh, a collaboration with Rob, Hel- Rob Halford, which really surprised me. Yeah, I saw something about that. I don't, I don't know what goes on in his mind. Like, 
maybe mm. trying to trying to look past it and trying to justify you know they make somewhat acceptable music let's let's dive into that maybe it's trying to get himself out there you know the bro uh, bro metal also got gay representation i'm not entirely sure what to think of it me neither but the thing is like the the guys who are in these bands that were the first metal bands that are still alive today i don't mm. i don't like to to look at what they're doing nowadays they were important then they i mean especially rob halford was important then but they're all boomers now like so many like slayer <laughs> wants people to respect trump i don't i don't care about their opinions yeah. nowadays i just trying to take what was good and what maybe is still good something we can take to to this day and age like with breaking the law this is a gay man singing about breaking the law saying you don't know what it's like you don't have a clue if you did you'd find yourself doing the same thing too isn't that what be gay do crimes is about <laughs> that's what we say nowadays but this yes. is this yeah. is something that we can take to nowadays it doesn't matter what those what those people who are now old and rich as fuck are doing nowadays they weren't then and we can take that message and and just it's not even appropriate. Just take it and just just use it however you want. I like that. Yeah, no, I was um, I just kind of lost my train of thought because um, you know it's not just metal where that happens. Like if you talk, to, if you read it, uh, if you read modern interviews with people like John Lydon, it's just ridiculous. And yeah. It's basically on the on the Slayer uh, end of the spectrum. There, it's like. Just if you read that, it just kind of sounds like he'd be a right-winged asshole. Having money changes people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering how much money he's got, though. I mean, enough to live know. in LA, apparently. But the fact that he moved from from the UK to the US already says something, I guess. Didn't he make a lot of money doing commercials or something? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Look, dear listeners, leave your thoughts in 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 the comments or you know fill in the fill in the contact form i'm really curious what you think about this um yeah no um i read the lyrics of breaking the law because i was actually surprised that you uh didn't pick uh raw deal because apparently that's also like this reclaimed by um by by gay people because it's literally got lyrics such as uh steel and leather guys fooling with them and dudes it's like all right that's gay um Couple of no, it's verses. not my type of gay. That's not the type of gay person uh, I yeah, am. Yeah, that's fair. Couple of verses later, uh, true free expression. Uh, let's try that again. True free expressions. I demand uh, what I demand is human rights. You know, yeah, I get that. But it does really sound like a bad type of gay song. <laughs> I can get why 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 this uh, resonates with you more, especially after I looked at the lyrics of this. The way you pointed out earlier, like be gay, do crimes. Yeah. That's a nice way, and then I, I guess we've got a title there. Yeah, oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's still the case, isn't it? I saw this article as well about how even like within the LGBT community, bi and trans people are more likely to be poor, and and in general, like it doesn't matter if there are these middle class cis gay people nowadays. Most of us are still not doing well financially. Yeah, it's just not how it is. So how are we supposed to survive? We've talked about a lot of anti-capitalism on this podcast, if that mm. wasn't clear. <laughs> 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 yeah, no. Um, anything we haven't covered yet about uh, toxic masculinity and metal? Because I feel like that's uh, that's a well that's way that's way deeper than we've discovered so far. 
Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Take it away. Well, I think I haven't. I didn't come out until I was 23. I'm 28 now. Right. I didn't come out as bisexual until then. And I think I've been closeted to myself such a long time. And I think my my me being queer is also about me having a masculine side. And it's I don't I still don't understand how that how that works. And I don't really have to. But when I was a teenager, not fitting into the feminine general gender role and having a place where that was kind of accepted mm-hmm. was good. That's something that helped me survive, just to be able to go to a concert where there's loud music, where I can go into a mosh pit. I'm a tall person. I've been 180 since I was 16, so it was fine. I could <laughs> I could uh, stand up for myself physically. So I, I could do those things. And it was accepted that I was more masculine, that I, I wasn't performing enough femininity right, as a yeah. teenager. But... When I grew older, when I realized I was queer, and this is also part of my queerness, when I started dating people who do not fit into this type of masculinity that is common in the metal world, then you see the downsides of it as well. Because it's not like you can be whoever you want to be. I I think... Some people like to romanticize it so much when they go to festivals, like, oh, I'm finally free here. No, that's not the case. I've still been harassed and harassed pretty badly, like even received death and rape threats for, for fun at festivals. But most of the times at metal festivals, I was left alone. It was fine. I wasn't harassed as much as I would be in real life. But that's because I I kind of fit in there as a cis woman who just has a masculine side. I mean, that's the way it's perceived. It's it's a lot more complex, but that's like probably how people perceive it. But I've dated a trans feminine person for years who's also a metalhead, and she has to, well, she feels forced to uh, present masculine to go to metal festivals so the both of us can be safe because, right. yeah. Because she's scared, I'm scared. I'm. I wish it was different, but it isn't, and so it it feels very conflicting. How do you even feel at home in in the metal scene to begin with? Because I feel like it's very alienating. Like there is a group of people who do want you there, but for the wrong objectifying reasons. Um, just kind of surprised that you haven't changed your 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 scene, your music style. And and just because of that 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 sense of fear, I don't feel as objectified in the metal world as I feel in the mainstream world, whatever that may mean. I'm not objectified right. there as much as I am outside. So the fact that it happens less already meant a lot. Especially as I've grown older, I experience less harassment than when I was in my early twenties or a teenager. But just to have that place where you're not as objectified as much. I mean, I know, I know how men look at women and feminine people and female passing people, and it's it it happens there as well. But it it seems to happen less because a lot of people are more focused on the music, and so am I. We're there for the music most of the right. time. So, do you feel that um, the way metal bands present themselves, and like you pointed out earlier, like it's it could be perceived as homoerotic. Like, do you think that that would be an attack on fanatic metal fans' 
fragile masculinity. Not entirely sure how to interpret it. I, f- I, f- I feel like we've only barely scratched the surface of what the true mm. problem is here. It's really hard to say what the true problem is. I've, I thought about researching this for my master's thesis as well. I don't know yet what my subject is going to be, but I've definitely thought about researching this, but it's it's hard to, to pinpoint what specifically I want to research because it's it does seem like a really complicated problem. Why haven't you... I, I, uh, when you started your sentence, I thought like oh, you already have a subject and it isn't this one, but it's still on the table then. Yeah. Because I'd be really curious to find out what that actually is. How would you go about that? Like say hypothetically, that would be your master's thesis. Mm. Ooh, that's such a hard question. I, I, try- I, I, I came here to the Netherlands to avoid that, <laughs> to avoid thinking about that. <laughs> No, it's fine. I just need a lot more time to think about this question. All right. Yeah. No, that's all right. That's uh, let's move on to something else then. I mean, we're gonna talk about um, live experiences. Do you stop going to to shows, or do you go to shows less often um, to to avoid cases of harassment? Mm, no. All right. <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's, I, that's that's my thing, and I've I've tried always tried to not let harassment and sexism stop me from what I want to do but right. there's there's a limit to that of course but that sounds like a ticking clock though it's like as soon as you hit mm. a threshold stop going to shows which would be a definite shame do you have different experiences there like is there a difference between like say club shows or festivals do you even go to festivals yeah I still go to festivals I've been to <clears throat> Dynamo Metal Fest last year alright it's a pretty good I saw Arch Enemy and Elvati there, and I think it was one, yeah. Dynamo Metal Fest last year was actually, a, overall, a pretty good experience, even though I was also harassed there, because the main band was Arch Enemy, so there's at least a female-fronted band. There was Elvati that had three women on stage. That's a pretty unique experience when you want to see a metal band to have three women there. I mean, knowing Dynamo, that might be a little bit because of an actual policy, isn't it? Knowing Dynamo, they might actively have a policy to to promote that. I'm not familiar with it. I mean, from what I've gathered, they're a pretty sympathetic bunch. Okay. Yeah. Good. But then the other end, that's, there's like metal festivals uh, having one woman on their lineup for like three-day festival. That's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, but I'm, I am I try not to even focus on it too much because I I know it's bad. I just, I just have very low expectations of festivals getting anywhere near to promoting women specifically in metal. I, I don't expect that. I wish it was like that, but I, yeah, I'm 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 not holding out for it. It's just, yeah. You're afraid it will take the joy? Yeah. Take the joy away from it? Yeah. I mean, I guess that sometimes makes sense. Um, I've, I've talked to the festival director and he's like, well, it's just a matter of touring agendas that needs to be that needs to be aligned uh you know it's about it's about money because of course it is and you know the the same old excuse of it's all about the quality of the music i'm just so fed up with it yeah understandable of course of course i understand all the frustrations it's just that i know it's bad and that's yeah there's so many things to criticize and i'd rather focus on um the the really bad things and like just trying to avoid the bad bands like Azale Dying, for example. I used to be a really big fan of them and then this guy tried to hire uh what's it called, a hitman to murder his wife. He had this whole thing planned what? out. And he 
he's back from jail and they're just touring again. And what? I've talked to people about this and they don't fucking care. They they don't care. There's that I'm not going to their show. I really liked them as a teenager. I was really into their music. Mm-hmm. I I'm not going to see them anymore. That I'm not going to do that. But yeah, why would you support some someone like that? Holy shit! I wasn't aware of that story. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Um. So um, they're a metalcore band. If I mm-hmm. Yeah. Labels. If, if, if I got the genre correct. But um, this guy is, is also such a typical bro. Like he was addicted to bodybuilding or something. And I think he, he didn't like his wife anymore. So he went about it in a really weird and kind of dumb way. He started asking around in his gym if people knew a hitman. <laughs> so they sent an undercover cop to him who pretended to be a hitman and he he said to that undercover cop like i want you to kill my wife this is how you should go about it he had this whole thing planned out no way yes that's hilarious how would you go about it like that because people oh have God. these weird ideas about what a hitman is like because yeah. of because of hollywood movies probably it's like trying to find a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy but then again oh my god that's so ridiculous <laughs> i know it is so bad It's absurd and it's it's but I I think because it's so absurd people don't take it seriously either. Yeah, but that's pretty dangerous. I know. Oh my god, I need a breather. Yeah. Flying whales. Go cheer.
That was quite a song. Um, we only play the tracks in uh, in part here on Queer Sounds. If you're curious, um, want to listen to the whole thing, um, we've got a Spotify playlist with all of the songs that's ever been on any episode. Go and check that out. It's just simply called like Queer Sounds playlist. Um, got a link on our website, QueerSounds.com, as well as somewhere on our Twitter. You just scroll a little bit. Um, but yeah, you've got this one on the best life experience. Where, when, what? It was last year uh, in Amsterdam, in Melkweg. All right. And I'd never been there before. It was so small. I didn't know it was that small. You could see from the lights that their light show was made for festivals and not for this small. Ooh, that's awkward. It was pretty intense. Yeah, okay. to have the lights like shining directly in your face and like covering your whole body. But that wasn't bad. Well then. Um... So what made this particular show stand out? Gojira is really good, just in general. Their their shows are good. They're just how technical their music is and how their their different beats that they use. Like it's 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 just amazing. It's listen how skilled of musicians they are. Yeah. And I also used legal psychedelics when I went there because their music is so atmospheric and I thought it would be a really good idea to use. So yeah. All right. And how did that how, how did that pan out? Yeah, it was really good. It, all the synesthesia, I was just in the music. The concert seems to last longer because of it as well. It, it felt like it took hours. And especially with this song, because it has a two and a half minute intro, it's it just you have you have yourself a pretty big break. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and just getting into that. I was also um, standing on a, a higher level on this mini balcony just hanging over the the rail right yeah and um i could headbang while hanging over it and there was air coming from underneath so that was really nice to be able to headbang without your hair sticking to your sweaty face <laughs> or the sticky the sticky back of the person in front of you oh well, yeah and there was no one in front of me and i could see i could look on I could just see the the heads of most of the audience, and they they just became this weird mass because of the psychedelics, and it was just so good. It was, it was so weird and and fun, and yeah. That sounds like a very weird experience. Yeah. What what's the what's got the upper hand at concert or festivals, like club shows or festivals? Nowadays, more club shows, more concerts because there's just so many in Finland since I moved there? there. Yeah, and every time I I visited there in the last. Um, what has it been now? One and a half years. Um, every time I, I visited um, my Finnish partner that I'm married to, I think I went to a concert. So wow. that was fun as well. Yeah. Um, would you? How would you explain the difference, um, like the Dutch or Belgian versus the Finnish life circuit? Mm, well, Finnish people are... Uh, like they're used to having a lot of personal space, a lot of space around them. So people are very mindful of your of your space when you're that standing sounds considerate. There. Yeah, yeah. And but also people, I think people get a bit more irritated when there's really no space. And the place I go to a lot is called Tullikammarin uh, in Tampere. And there's two. There's a big room and a smaller one. Uh, so the big room is. Pakkahuone and the small one is Klubi and in Klubi it's kind of weird because um, so there's tables and chairs there as well if if people just want to sit down instead of dancing right um, but they don't remove them when there's a concert even though it's 
fill to the brim. They don't remove the tables. They don't remove the chairs. And there's issues there every time. But yeah, it's really weird. Yeah. And I've been to another place as well. I think that was Uotalo. I saw Vader there once. And um, yeah, even there, there were tables and chairs. And unless it's a really big concert and... I think it helps when the bands egg people on. Like, it's not that likely to have a mosh pit at a Finnish concert as it is in Belgium or the Netherlands. Wait, what was that? Not as likely or not as unlikely? Not as likely. Really? I've, I've been, oh, yeah, okay. the first times I went to concerts in Finland, there there were no mosh pits. Sometimes there was one, but it wasn't that intense either. There's not that many people participating. Mm-hmm. I've been I've been to some good uh, concerts with good mosh pits nowadays, but it was mostly because I was in the the bigger room. I think at the Stamina concert, Insomnium. Maybe Finnish people are also more likely to mosh when there's Finnish bands playing. Some kind of weird mosh pit nationalism going on there. Oh, really? <laughs> That's my experience. I don't know if it's if it's actually <laughs> true, but that's the impression I got. We'll get into Finnish uh, music later on this episode, uh, but before that. Um, do you experience a difference between living in Finland and living in Belgium in general? Yeah, I think the Netherlands and Belgium are pretty comparable when it comes to how close everyone lives together. Just it's so crowded. Yeah, the population density is pretty big yeah. in Flanders and in the Netherlands. And in Finland, I live in a city. I live maybe two kilometers away from the center. There's woods all around me. I just it sounds lovely. I have quiet. I just... It's so quiet there. It's so nice. And people keep a distance. There's not constant input going on. And it's just really good for my mental health. Yeah. That sounds good. Um, yeah, that's actually something I've um, I've tried to read upon. And I'm not not wanting to generalize. But there was one thing that really stood out to me. Trying to look at what kind of what Finnish um, mannerisms are. It said, and, and I came across this one line. And it's like, a Finnish introvert will look at their shoes while staring at you. Wait, let's try that again. So, <laughs> a Finnish introvert will look at their shoes when talking to you, and a Finnish extrovert will look at your shoes while talking to you. Well, some Finnish extroverts look you into the eyes sometimes, but in general, when you're walking down the street, people don't look you into the eyes that much. Yeah. In the Netherlands, everyone looks at me. Especially in Belgium, it was even worse, because if you look a bit alternative or you have differently colored hair or you look a bit weird like belgian people love to stare and make you feel like make you feel uncomfortable yeah and in finland a lot of people have colored hair and look alternative it's not even alternative anymore everyone's a nerd there (laughs) (laughs) there's a guy in my school who just looks like a wizard every day it's amazing (laughs) (laughs) that sounds fantastic The downside of it is that uh, there's a lot of white people with dreadlocks, and I don't uh, think the message has really gotten to Finnish people that that's not okay. But it's not like Dutch people are innocent in this regard. So, oh, definitely yeah. not. How does that um, how does that reflect onto onto the the queer part of the story? Like, are people are, do Finnish people judge less quickly, or are they just not as vocal about it? They're not as vocal about it. All right, and that's a very quick clear answer yeah please elaborate elaborate it's it's a weird experience to be a queer woman there because i've seen a lot of queer well female passing people holding hands kissing in clubs that are not gay bars um i see representation just in the street i don't see men holding hands i don't see men kissing i 
I've met a couple of queer men, not that much. Um, when one of my partners was on Grinder in Finland, most of the profiles were anonymous. So mm-hmm. I think there's there's this very normative Finnish masculinity that's all about not standing out too much, not showing your feelings too much, which shows itself in the Finnish language because there's basically no intonation and everyone speaks with a pretty deadpan <laughs> voice and, and men are the worst at it. So, yeah, I think there's more punishment when you divert from that as, yeah. And then it doesn't really matter how you divert from it because um, let's say if you're more vocal about things than people would expect you to be, is that a thing you get judged on yeah but i always get judged on that it's okay. just being a woman <laughs> okay being a woman there anywhere, we go being a feminine person like how dare you have an opinion about anything? here i go again showing my male assigned birth privileges i'm trying to do better people no but with that um i realized that we've hardly talked about your queer experiences in general so how does that manifest itself in your daily life how does it manifest well i think I constantly have to explain to people why why I'm dating three or four or maybe more people at the same time, and that's weird. And yeah, do you feel like you need to justify yourself? Yeah, a lot. And also because every time I talk about my partners, because I date two non-binary people, and if the the people I've dated the longest are both non-binary, the person I'm married to, my my Finnish spouse is non-binary and I constantly have to explain that after I'm done with the polyamory part and then the queer part and then I mean I, I don't even know if we get to that like them the the mono cis hats uh, <laughs> getting to the point where they can say all the the typical uh, bi stereotypes and talk about that because they kind of get stuck at some other <laughs> non-normative right. aspects So, is it easier to explain in Dutch or in English or in Finnish? Like, is, is are the words there? In 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 are, are there even words there in Finnish to explain it? About what? About well, being uh, queer? Yeah. Well, I mean, there probably are, but like, what's 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 the go about way to use them? For example, pronouns. You don't. There's only one pronoun in Finnish, and it's han. Well, you can exactly. Yeah, you can. Uh, There's, of course, 15 forms of it because there are 15 cases in Finnish. Uh, so you might have to memorize all of them. I thought there were like 30 cases. but <laughs> Well, no, there's 15 and then there's a, a singular and a plural. And but ah. we also have a plural in, in Dutch, right? So, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, all right. But this is this is this is my <laughs> language nerd getting distracted by okay. by by fascinating grammatical structures. Let's 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 make this queer again. So just to put it this way, is it easier to talk about your your queer identity in Finland or is it easier to talk about it in Western Europe? It's easier to talk about in Western Europe because um, I think there's more legal rights here. Oh, really? Yes. Until 2017, there was no same legal gender marriage in Finland. And um, that also meant that if you were a trans person who wanted to get their legal gender changed and you were in a marriage that was considered to be heterosexual by the state, you had to ask your spouse for consent for changing your legal gender. Your spouse had to give written consent because otherwise you couldn't change your legal gender. To be honest, that sounds like the smallest of problems because if it's a a nice loving spouse, they're like, yeah, sure, whatever, go ahead. 
you can never be sure. But also, I mean, the main issue is that in Finland, you still have uh, the fact that you need to be infertile. You need to be sterile before you get your legal gender changed, Oof. which was the case in the Netherlands until 2014, 14, if I'm yeah. correct. Yeah, that's still the case in Finland. And I think it's Sweden who's to blame for those laws. How so? I've heard that it was Sweden who first proposed these transgender laws when they um, when they pathologized everything and they wanted to show that psychiatry could deal with uh, trans people and gay people. That's that's that's, that's problematic on so many levels. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I was at this image of Finland where it was actually pretty open. Like, didn't they have like a It's 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 the, it's kind of the I have a gay friend type of argument, but didn't they have like a lesbian prime minister at some point? No, the prime minister right now is a woman who was raised by um, by two women. So there's a, been a lot of media attention for the fact ah. that she grew up in a rainbow family. I'm not sure about the former Finnish president who was a woman. I'm, I'm I don't know about her sexuality. I, I would probably have known if she was not straight. All right. Um, let's let's fact check that, and we'll put some clarification in the show notes. But yeah, we're gonna we're gonna stick to Finland for another bit. I'm probably not gonna pronounce this correctly, but I'm gonna go ahead and give it a try. Laskahilia mielessa mielessa Laskahilia There we go, most recent discovery. Um, Finnish track, pretty cool. I'm just so fascinated with the Finnish language. So am I. (laughs) (laughs) So how are your Finnish lessons going? I think okay. I've been trying to learn for one and a half years. Um, It's really hard. It's... It's it's so hard to remember words because there's nothing or almost nothing to rely on yeah. if you are a Germanic speaker. If you know some Swedish or something related to it, you can kind of guess sometimes what something might mean, but most of the time you're probably wrong because it's something totally different. So Yeah, I feel like the only people who won't have problem learning Finnish are Estonians. Yeah. Yeah. Um Back to the music. Like, how did you come about this one? What what made it appeal to you? Just the language or something else? The riffs. It's so good. <laughs> I don't know. I just like their music so much. Even even if I didn't understand all the lyrics yet, because that's the thing. Like, I try with Finnish music to to find a translation, and nowadays I can 
pick out some words that I understand, but then often I'm still wrong because then it's this verb that has five different meanings and I <laughs> thought it was the, uh, the one I thought is the wrong one. So I just ask all the Finnish people I know to translate it for me. Right. Yeah. So how did you how did you stumble across this track? Mm, I have another partner who was already a fan of this band and I think YouTube recommended their new song to me and I just thought I'd give it a listen and I really liked it even though the the singer looks kind of creepy but yeah. All right, yeah, that's fair. I mean, if we're going to talk about metal I I feel, I feel uncomfortable in general. Like if if we, <laughs> if we if we look at old metal singers like like from from all of the current things uh that we've talked about to back in back in the day just not my aesthetic i find them all kind of creepy mm, no i disagree i think some of them are pretty hot all right that's not fair. creepy <laughs> <laughs> no pretty cool so um what did you um oh wait no that's a way more interesting question do you use finnish music to learn the language yes definitely tell me about it well um i also listen to some Finnish folk metal like Ensiferum, Korpiklani. Oh, I know that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, because it's, I, I've worked on remembering the lyrics because Finnish is a phonetic language. You can just, yeah, listen yeah. And, and remember and without even knowing what the words mean, you can learn that later. Um, but every Finnish class I've had, I, I, I recognize some words from Finnish music that I know. And then, uh, yeah, recently as well that um, I think recently in class, I learned how to say I must or you must in in Finnish. And then you have to use this weird, like you have to use a genitive with a specific form of the verb. You can't just, it can't just be easy, of course, because it has, there has to be something uh, fucking difficult there going on. And I... I had an easier time because I already knew the lyrics to uh Ansiferum song what's where it's Yokoisen Tautu Kotsoa Silmin Totu then everyone must look into the eyes of truth. Well and then. then you remember that oh the Yokaisen is a genitive of Yokainen and then yeah yeah. It's just yeah, it becomes easier a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of jealous because I really want to learn this language, but I'm not getting any further than Perkele. Well, that's all you need. <laughs> <laughs> no, you also need no need, apparently. What's that mean? Anything, I think. It's 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 like saying no or hair in Dutch. Or it's like one of those, one of those, those catchphrases. Yeah, one of those things that just can just mean Filler anything. Words. Yeah, depending on the context. But I've done a home course before I moved to Finland, and that helped me a lot. Even though, yeah, the person who wrote that was really old-fashioned. Right. I constantly got remarks by Finnish people like, "Why are you using this word? That's such an old-fashioned word." But even now, in the Finnish classes, I I have, um, I'm being taught by this guy who's a complete setamies. That's what you call an, an old sexist dude. In right. Finnish, yeah, it's a really nice word. It means uncle man, but Seta is the the brother of your father, so it's like this extra patriarchal layer to it. It's, it's yeah, fun word. It's adhering to uh, the stereotypical racist uncle at Christmas parties. Yeah, something like that. I'm gonna end on uh, the question I ask every episode, which is, how does uh, 
what role does music play in your daily life? I think it's important for me to to get through the day sometimes, especially but especially here in the Netherlands. In 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 Finland, I just live in a in a house that's detached, so I can play music really fucking loud, and I love it. And I love blasting metal, mm-hmm. and the walls are thick, so that's really nice. But the, yeah, if if it's a busy day, if if I need to just close off from the world, I can just play it and just get through it. Let's call it a day. With that, we've been Queer Sounds. Um, so yeah, you can check all of our socials. Um, Queer Sounds Pod on Twitter. You can just go to QueerSounds.com. And don't forget to buy me a coffee if you're interested. Um, I want to thank Brenda for coming by. And I want to thank you for listening. <laughs>